Welcome to the Augusta Golf Show podcast. Now, here's John Patrick. Brad Faxon is joining the NBC golf team this year. It is always a pleasure to welcome Brad Faxon back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Brad? I'm doing great, John. Actually, really good. Good. Um, I know this isn't your first broadcast rodeo. You work with the folks at, at Fox. Um, what do you want to bring to the telecast? That's a question I've been getting asked a lot, John. You know, I worked for NBC back in 2010 at some of the bigger events. You know, they, they did the Players' Championship, of course, the U.S. Open, uh, the World Golf Championships, the FedEx Cup. And, you know, like you mentioned, I got to work at Fox Sports for five years covering all the USGA events. You know, I, first of all, I think NBC does an incredible job with their broadcasts. You know, they do the Golf Channel shows on Thursday and Friday, and then almost half of the events uh, they do for the PGA Tour. And, you know, a strong team with Dan Hicks and Paul Azinger. You know, I, I think to answer your question, to have played, you know, the PGA Tour for 25 to 30 years, continuing the Champions Tour, coaching some players, having been in golf design, um, it's a psychology part. You know, I, I have a pretty good background on what it takes to be a great player, what players are feeling in the moment. Um, and I, I think it's really just relaying or conveying those messages uh, to the viewer in, in different ways. Why a shot may be tough for this player? Why is this lie difficult? What is this player feeling that the viewer may not know? Um, that's kind of what I hope I can do. What does a um, PGA player do more often, misread a putt or mishit a putt? Boy, that's a question that I, I bring up with almost every student. I, I know the answer to the question, what gets you angrier, mishitting a putt or misreading a putt? And everyone says mishitting a putt. Um, I, 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 and to me, I, I answer that by saying, you got to get better at green reading because it's a skill. It's an acquired skill that takes a lot of time. There's not a formula, though. People are trying to make formulas to it. Um, and the more you putt, the more you practice green reading, the better you'll get at it. Um, I think we've been overtaught sometimes to think that we're machines or robots and that every time we hit a putt, we're supposed to hit it straight out of the center of the face. Um, and you do get those rare rounds where that happens or those rare tournaments. But I, I, I think players miss hit more often than they misread. I'm sorry. I, it's not measurable. That's my opinion. I just, I want to get players to feel like they can make putts while they miss hit them. They don't have to be perfect. And I think that gives players more of a peace of mind. Um, Mount Rushmore of putters. Who's up there? Who are the four players up there on your Mount Rushmore? If you were defining the best players in the world and the best putters or any particular part of the game, in my opinion, you have to have, you know, longevity is one of the keys to that. You, 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 we saw in 2015 and 2016 when Jordan Spieth had his great year and Jason Day won the PGA, um, those guys had some of the best putting years of any players in history, particularly in 20 to 30 foot range. Um, but the best players in the world and the best putters in the world did it for a long period of time. They did it to win important tournaments. Uh, so you, you start with Tiger Woods and Jack Nicholas. I should say maybe Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods. Uh, and then you get other players that simply won great events because they were great putters, like a Ben Crenshaw. Uh, he would come to the top of my list 
as well. I, I loved watching him. I loved watching Seve Ballesteros, who won four major champions. Everybody would put him into the great putter, great scrambler, great grinder. Um, he, he was a guy. And, you know, maybe a little bit further down the line, someone that I think is one of the best putters is another Spaniard, Jose Maria Olafable. Mm, yeah. Um, there's a great list. Tom Watson, um, eight-time major champion, would definitely, definitely go on that list. We're talking with Brad Faxon here on the Augusta Golf Show. This will sound like a simple question. I don't know how else to ask this question. How does Jordan Spieth do what he does? There was an interesting NBC poll the other day, John. Uh, they sent out to all the subscribers to Peacock, their digital uh, media content, asking them. It was a pretty cool way they formatted the question. If you were out picking strawberries with your family, maybe it was blueberries, and you got an alert on your phone that said blank golfer is two shots back with nine to go, nine to go. And this is a Sunday afternoon. Which golfer would get you home the quickest? I, of course, said Roy McIlroy, and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, it was Jordan Spieth because he was one of those players that you never knew what was going to happen. You saw what he did at the British Open when he hit it to the production um, compound, TV compound, and took that drop, uh, went on to win. Uh, you never know what Jordan's going to do. With Rory, you can predict 350-yard drive down the middle, six iron to 20 feet, eagle putt, hits the edge, makes a birdie. With Jordan, you know, you could be searching for a lost ball, find it, hacks it out, you know, stiffs it from 210 yards. I think Jordan Spieth is a guy that you, you don't understand him. And even last week at the Hawaiian Open, after that straight, great first round, I think he shot 65 or 6. Talked about how confident he was with every part of his game. The next day, he made five birdies, bogeys in a row, and missed the cut. Um, I think you like his honesty, his emotion, um, and that as much as we want to figure him out, he can't figure himself out. But I can't think of another player, Brad, who who just drops so many putts from 25, 30 feet. It's, it, I, I don't know how he does it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, sometimes I think when, when I've been helping players with putting lessons, everybody wants to understand it more or learn it more or um, figure it out. And, and I think when you try and um, figure putting out, uh, you have to realize you're never going to do that. You're never going to have control over every part of it. You know, Ben Hogan um, used to say he, he wanted to own his golf swing. So did Tiger Woods. He repeated that comment from Ben Hogan, it, putting is so particular, so peculiar. Um, you can hit great putts for a week or a, you know, a tournament and they don't go in and you you, you can get so frustrated by that. Um, I tell a lot of the people that want to listen, you got to keep shooting, you know, you got to keep taking the shot. Like it's, you know, you're the three point shoot guy with no time on the clock. That's how you got to putt with some sort of desperation to do it. When you give a recreational golfer a lesson, very first lesson on putting, what do you look at? The standard line to any new lesson is, look, I want to look at your equipment. I want to make sure, I want to take the putter out of the equation. So if you're not putting well, I check the lie, the loft, the swing weight, the length. Just make sure that that's not at fault. And then I go and look at, fundamentals, the setup. I always say to them, we, it's hard to make a golfer worse when you make their setup better. And I think everyone understands that. And when I can make their setup better and they can see a visible change in their 
setup, that makes a big difference to them. Can 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 practice make a recreational putter better? Well, it's the only way they can get better. I mean, I I, I tell them all the time. I said, look, are are you here for an hour of you know babysitting, or, or is this something you're going to work at? What's your goal? Uh, and you know, at Jupiter Hills Club, which is a very nice club with 400 members and, and a lot of them that are trying to get better, um, I had an 80 plus year old guy come to me and I said, I, I'm interested. I said, why are you coming to see me for a putting lesson at, you know, at your age, you're a 17 handicap. Uh, he goes, you know what? I want to be the best putter at the club. And he looked straight, looked me straight in the face when he said that. And I go, that's a, you know, so I said to myself, I smiled at him. I said, that's awesome. And, you know, that, that's a, there's a club where there's, you know, a couple dozen, two handicap and less Ian Baker Finch, the British open champions a member there. I, I go, Wow, that, that's the kind of person I want to have come. And I, I gave him a lesson, and he's the guy I see on the practice screen most. Hmm. Uh, before I let you go, a little bit of a softball, but I'm a big fan of Scotty. You and I are both fans of Scotty Cameron. What makes Scotty's putters so good? Science and art combined. There's, you know, these, these people that are always trying to invent new putters, new ways to do this. Um, I think Scotty grew up with a dad that taught him a lot about how to make a putter look good, how to make it work. I mean, Scotty was, his ego wasn't very big when he started. He understood that there were certain models that had already been made, like the Ping Answer putter, which was the most popular putter, a zebra, and that he could copy or use some of the uh, qualities of those putters to make his. Um, and then from, you know, when he signed the Titleist in 1995, uh, to get a broader arena, uh, get distribution better. Um, and, and I just think the, the way he tells the stories is fantastic. And, John, I, there's no person in the world that has more video of tour players, both PGA Tour and LPGA Tour players, than Scotty Cameron and his partner there, Paul Bazanko. Every single time they get a, an elite player, they've got it on film. So, I as much as you want to think you might be the, the smartest putting instructor in the world or the best putter maker, you just go to Scotty and go, he's got you beat. <laughs> I can't tell you how happy I was when I read the news that you'd be coming back to TV. Uh, congratulations on that, Brad. I can't wait till you get back. Thank you for taking the time to do this and squeezing me in. I appreciate it. Well, John, I always love talking to you. And, and the, the good news in, in this um, year's agreement is I get to work the masters for golf channel. So I know, you know, the show live from, we see it at night with Brandel Shambly, Rich Lerner, and uh, Paul McGinley. This year, I'm going to do the daytime part of the masters with Kyra Banks and uh, Padraig Harrington. So I'll be excited to get there on the set on the practice, the tournament practice area. And hopefully we get to shake hands and have a conversation. live. We'll, We'll do it. We'll do it. Thank you, Brad. John, great talking to you.